theyeshiva.net. So we'll continue inside today. Three lines from the bottom, page 239. Kof Chaf, column one. right? column one on the bottom. Three lines from the bottom, or page 239. Hanim After explaining at length the mushal with the chaff and the straw and the kernel and the husk protecting the kernel throughout growth and then maturity allows the kernel to be independent. So he says, Hanimshalu, all this was the mushal and nimshalus. When a person reaches maturity, spiritual maturity, then he becomes connected in the core essence of Hashem, in the atzmus, in the core, in the, in the essence mamish of Hashem. And also call all the reasons, the flavors and the comprehensions. Which previously was a custodian and a guard for the fruit, now they become nullified, and they fall away. Because now one reaches, one touches the concept, the reality, the experience of that we spoke before, of complete oneness. The same is true. Just as it's true, mitzadavayd of the person, the same is true also above, milmaila lamata from Hashem's perspective, so to speak. The bitchil in the beginning of avayd nas is harusadaleila b'pchinas geyus v'isnasos. As we explained, as a result of the person's own geyus, own sense of exaltedness, sense of aloofness, sense of of, of value, of dignity. It mirrors, it, it's mirrored also above. Kevayachal Ramal Kol Goyim Hashem, Hashem's sense of exaltedness, to disregard and to uh, separate negativity from the world. But even though Mitzad infinity, you could say everything, you know, nothing occupies a space like the spider. So that's all in the stage one. Even above, it's called the chaff and the straw. So that the divine light should not fall, should not get lost through the moldiness and the heat. Which basically, Hashem's light would, can be manipulated through chitzonim, through the externals, through the clippers, through the shells, it could be used in a counterproductive way. It's yinikas chitzonim, means when the external forces nurture, they get their nurture, like sucklings, they're yoinik, they suck from the milk of the divine, and it's used in their own way. And the light, therefore, ends up in mold, it ends up, it ends up being destroyed, manipulated. So therefore, you need the divine chaff, so to speak, to protect itself. Once the light that was planted, the Ozerulatzadik, has now matured like the kernel. The Zoyar sometimes calls it Sadik Chai Almin, alive in all the worlds. Ain't Sarik Lepchinis Mites Vetevens, one does not need the straw. Because indeed, as long as the pile has not been smoothed after the complete separation from the between the kernels and the chaff, there is still the exemption of meiser of tithing. Commission is boiled as explained. The dialer maven. This will be enough for he who understands. So when you think that this unit, it doesn't become elevated; it just absorbs. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it could be manipulate it. It can just use it for its own benefits. So you need... Uh, so, so, so there's a use value. Exactly. It doesn't elevate it. it right, right. Vizel, and that's the pshat. So we now conclude. That's the meaning that the Talmud Chacham needs. That sense of haughtiness, an eighth of an eighth. What's an eighth of an eighth?
right? Because of course, eight times eight is sixty-four. So an eighth of an eighth represents a chelik samach dalit. But v'loy chelik samach gimel. It's not a sixty-third part. It's a sixty-fourth part because sixty-third part v'hu gas. The word samach gimel, which is sixty-three, is the same letters like the word gas, which means. Arrogant, thick, dense, coarse. But in the 64th fraction part, there is an element of, of gasos, of holiness. And that's what the Gemara means, that he crown, it crowns him like the beard of the stalk, crowning and protecting the kernel in the stalk. It crowns him. Why crowns him? It's a crown. The geus v'isnasos umizen nishmar mekol because this actually protects him and encompasses him and protects him from all detrimental behavior, which is all based on real sense of self-value. So the person can grow deeper and deeper until they're ready for removing the chaff. But you can't remove the chaff too early. The same is mirrored also above. The light that's planted for the tzaddik, the light of Hashem, is protected with the atara, the crown of geus of divine exaltedness. Hashem is king. He dresses himself with exaltedness. He puts on a levush of geus. What's that? He puts on a lavush of geus. A lavush is like a chaff. It's a lavush. The beard, the brittle, the st- stiff brittle around the kernels are a lavush. That's what it is. A moitz is a lavush. And that's why you take over the lavush and you take over the garments because you want the real material, the core of the material. So Hashem Malach, geus lavish. He dresses himself in a sense of exaltedness. That lavush is necessary as long as there are the klipois that want to nurture from the infinite energy, which, because it's so beyond, it's so beyond, so therefore, darkness doesn't occupy space, light doesn't occupy space, so you have to, so to speak, restrict it, restrict it, only to righteous and good places, that's all the beginning of Avoid. The exists, so you won't have free will? Right, yeah. So Yaakov was doing with the stones? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Vav, and this is the deeper meaning of a pasuk. Kisirkav al susecha, markavoy secha Yeshua. One of the prophets of the Jewish people who lived. It's not so clear when he lived, but he probably lived during the first Beis Hamikdash. Although there's there are other opinions. Was his name was Chavakik. Chavakik is one of the shorter prophets from the Treyaser from the twelve. Shorter prophecies in the Sefer, the book of Tanakh called Treyasa. And Chavakoik speaks about Jewish history and he glorifies the past and he describes, he says to Hashem, Kisir Kaval Susecha, when you ride on your horses, Markavaisecha Yeshua, your chariots have become a Yeshua, a source of salvation, of help. And the Mepharshim interpret it as. Uh, referring to different stages of, of Jewish history, because the beginning of that Pasuk says, do you get angry at rivers? Do you get angry at rivers? Does your wrath extend to the sea? Why would you, when you split the sea or the Jordan, the Yarden, when the Jews had to go through the Yam or go to Yisrael, they went through the Jordan and the Jordan split. It's like you're angry at the sea. Obviously you weren't angry at the sea. It's just you wanted to help the Jewish people. And that's where he concludes. He says, when you ride, Kisirkov, when you ride on your horses, your chariot has become a salvation. So many interpret it as the moment of, uh, of Kriyas Yamsov or other moments that were similar. But what is the metaphor? Hashem riding on horses. We know Pyra was riding on horses. And it says, Sus v'roichvoi, Romavayam. What's this metaphor of Hashem riding on a horse and your chariot becomes a source of salvation? Susecha, hein beis pa'amim sus. He doesn't say your singular horse. Your horse is in the plural. Not suscha, but susecha. That's two horses. 
Dahainu. Base pa'amim sag. Now the word sus, here's going to be an interesting numerical value. The word sus is samach, vav, samach, right? So dahainu base pa'amim sag. So that is twice sag. Because sus is samach is 60, and the other samach is 60, so you have two samachs. So you have 120. And then you have a vav, which is six. So you have one, twenty-six. Samach gimel is sixty-three. How much is two times samach gimel? Two times sixty-three. Again, one hundred and sixty-three and sixty-three is one hundred and twenty-six. So the word sus, which is one twenty-six, is two times the word sag. We explained sag is the same letters like gas, the haughtiness, the arrogance. That's why the Gemara says he has to have an eighth of an eighth. Why an eighth of an eighth? Why not a seventh of a seventh? What's the Cheshbon? Eighth of an eighth? Only Samach Dalet, a 64th. 63rd already would be too big. So twice, Sag, Samach Gimel, or Gas, is Sus. Now, on a deeper level, there's going to be now reference to some, uh, this, 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 this particular Peyrek, is going to be very mystical and Kabbalistic in terms of phraseology. So even if you don't get all the points, it's fine, because it's difficult, it's complex. I'll try to explain, at least we should get the perspective. Even if you don't get every detail, don't be discouraged, because it's, it's hard stuff. And if you don't understand something, you can ask. There's a name of Hashem known as Shem Sag, the name of Sag. It's Havaya B'milui Aleph, which means in the writings of Jewish mysticism of Kabbalah and Chassidus, Kisvi Harizal, Tairus Hasoid, you'll often refer to four names of Hashem. They're known as Shem Ma, Shem Sag, Shem Ban, Shem Av. Shem Ma means the name of 45, Shem Ban the name of 52, Shem Sag the name of 63, which is relevant here. Shem Av, the name of 72. Where did these names come from? It's basically four ways of how to write out Hashem's name of Yud and He and Vav and He. We write it out fully. Yud and He and then Vav and He, which is Yud Ke Vav Ke is 26. But what if you write it out fully? Which means Yud, you don't just spell as a Yud, but as you pronounce it, Yud, right? Yud is Yud Vav Dalad, when you write it out fully, when you say it. When we write a yud, so for convenience sake, we just write a yud and we make a a little mark. We write a hey, you write a hey, you write. But if you really want to write out hey, right? How do you spell hey? Hey, vav, vav, or hey. There's four ways of spelling it, and that makes four names: forty-five, fifty-two, sixty-three, seventy-two. So, for example, if you spell it yud vav dalit, hey aleph. Vav, Aleph, Vav, Hey, Aleph, Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey, all with Alephs, then you'll end up with the 45. You could see it, I mean, you may want to trust me, but I'll show it to you. Yud, Vav, Dalet is 20, right? Yud is 10, Vav is 6, 4, so 10 and 6 and 4 is 20. Hey, Aleph would be 6, so you have 26. The last hey will again be 6. So you have 26 and 6 is what? 32. So how are we getting from 32 to 45? From 32 to 45 is 13, right? Vav, Aleph, Vav. So you got 45. Then there is the way you write it out and you have Shem Ban, 52. Then there's the way you write it out and you have Shem Av, 72. In order to get Shem Sag, he says, is Havaya B'milui Aleph. Which means that uh, the, it's Yud, and then Hey with a Yud, Hey, Hey Yud, because you could spell Hey, Hey Aleph, Hey, Hey, Hey Yud. It's all accurate spellings. Hey, right? Hey. How do you spell Hey? <laughs> with a Y usually, right? So that's Hey Yud. You can also spell Vav, Vav, Vav. Vav Alevav, Vav Yudvav. So Shem Av is when everything is Yud. Shem Sag is, you have Hey Yud, but you have the Vav, Vav Alevav, and then you'll end up having 63. 
Yeah, I think that's how it works. Let me just make sure. Yud would be 20. Hey Yud would be 15, so that would be 35. Another 15, the last Hey Yud would be 50. And now we need another 13. So it's Vav, Aleph Vav, which is 63. If you'll take, you'll replace that Aleph with a Yud, Vav, Yud, Vav, you'll end up having your 72. So that's how it works. Whenever you see Shema, Shema. Now this is not just, you know, a cute way of getting different numbers. The point is that there are different ways. In other words, there are different ways Hashem communicates Yud Kevavke to the world. Are there Kavans that are associated? Of course, a lot, a lot. And was the Rishas the one? Yeah, Siddur HaRashash, yeah. yeah. In Torah Sasoy, this is a big topic. So every every name represents something. For example, Ma is the gematria of Adam. Adam is 45. Ban, 52, is the gematria of Behemah. Beis Heimeme is 52. So it becomes extremely significant what it represents. Why there's an Aleph, why there's a Hey, why there's a Yud. Yeah. So it's not just that it works on paper with numbers, it's a representation of a particular manifestation of God's name in the world. Four different methods. Here we're talking about Samach Yimel, Sag, Shem Sag. So he says, When he says, means, I don't mean everything is B'milui Aleph, because the Hey is B'milui Hey Yud. The hay is filled with a yud, not with an aleph. By ma, it's filled with an aleph. By sag, it's filled with a yud. But vahainu kashra vav, the shem avayu b'milu aleph. The vav of the yud kevavke comes with an aleph. It gets filled with an aleph. You can write vav just as vav, and you can write vav, vav, aleph, vav. Vaharem is The intimation is l'inyin l'bchinus yroimimus. Laham shachel yoyna. Bevav the shem avayu, shalayum shachar l'mishen yroim. It represents exaltedness. As we said, gas, sag, means arrogance, haughtiness. Gas, saruach, means haughtiness. So this is kivayachal, so to speak, the haughtiness of the divine. Hashem malach geus lavesh, the exaltedness. It represents the concept of remimus, of exaltedness, gas. For the hamshachel, yoyna bevav deshem avaya. Vav is like a flow of energy, like a line that comes down, that the divine flow, that the light, which is infinite, everyone can get access from it. The light should only go to places that are worthy of it. And that's what the mites is, that's what destroys. This is sag in holiness. Which is the word gas when the letters are reversed. This is the first horse that goes upward. Exaltedness is basically a form of going up from a lower place to a higher place. The person feels higher. This experience by Hashem comes from the persons. Talmud Chachem exalts his soul. He picks himself up. You look at yourself and you say, I'm not nothing. I'm not valueless. And this is the beginning of Avedis Hashem, for a person to be able to truly lift himself up, to be able to appreciate his infinite and indispensable value and dignity. To lift up your soul. As we're going to see, what's a horse? A horse, which those who go horseback riding or went horseback riding, or were well experienced with horseback riding, no. There's something unique of the horse. The person gets on the horse, and the horse can take the person to heights, and we'll soon see also lows, that are extremely, extremely steep. And the horses were, were they're good at this, they're made at this. In, in, in ancient times, and even in contemporary times, people who deal with horses, there's a unique relationship between the rider and the horse, horses are extremely sensitive animals. They know if you're, if you're a leader or you're a follower. They know if you're in a mood of leadership or you're in a mood of, of fear. You know, there's people who get on a horse and they're saying, Vidui, and they already write their last will. And then there's people who have, I don't want to say became one with their horse, but there's an integration there. There's a relationship. And the horse knows it immediately. 
and the horse is a follower, that's what a horse is supposed to be, and yet the horse takes you to places that you can never go on your own. The heights, the mountains and, and, and slopes, not cliffs, it's not, a, it's not a mountain goat, but the slopes that it goes with the speed and alacrity as the horse runs and gallops is extraordinary. Spiritually, psychologically, the horse then represents lifting up the person, lifting up the soul. So sus is two times gas, we'll soon see why two times. Because there's the one below and the one above, like we said, there's the gases here, and then that creates in heaven a similar, a similar reality. That there shouldn't be Avraham, Yatsum Emenu Yishmal. So he says, Va'azai Nemar, that's what the Navi says, Kisirkav al Susecha, Yeshua. When you ride on your horses, your chariot, which of course the horse leads, the chariot, Merkavaisecha becomes a Yeshua. Sha Yeshua miyuchedes leknesis Yisrael bulvad veloye kablu arishoyim mitam hanal. In the chamber of the king, you can have spider webs. Why? If a person would come into the chamber of the king, an enemy, he would fight him. But the spider web, it's not noticeable. It's so small it becomes insignificant. Lagabe Hashem's absolute infinity. What's the difference between the tzaddik and the rasha? Between the light and the darkness? It would seem completely insignificant. And therefore, in a paradoxical way, they can get nurtured. Like we said, Avram Avinu was so big, Yishmael can also hang around. Because he's, he's so not small. And when you're so big, when you're so large, when you're so infinite, you know, spider webs can gather because of your bigness. So when the Talmud Chachem lifts himself up, Kivayachal Hashem also lifts himself up, what does it mean he lifts himself up? He develops that husk, that chaff, to protect the oil, that it shouldn't go to the wrong places. It shouldn't go, it shouldn't go to Rishoy. Sometimes big, big people, inadvertently, but negative elements could get nurture from them. Not because they're small, because they're big. If they would be small, they would be more nitty-gritty, more picky, more discriminative. Sometimes very, very big people, they just see the big picture. And in that process, a lot of small things can happen. Because they're so big. There's a special, you need to zoom in. You need a moment, they're zooming out and zooming in. And each has a tremendous advantage. Zooming out gives you the full picture. But zooming in then allows you, you know, to nitpick, literally nitpicking. Now, who has time for nitpicking? Unless you're a nitpicker, good luck. And you see this even, you know, how people deal with money, how people deal with everything. There are people, as the Rambam says, they're by nature just very stingy. It's always zooming in, like they don't, they notice everything. They notice every mistake in the world. And then there's people who notice almost nothing. (laughs) It's like, hey, 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 wake up, you got to be grounded. And each one has a beauty to it. And when they're married to with each other, it's Lebedek. <laughs> so, so this is Kivayachal. So this the gas on two levels. Sus is twice gas. There's the sus that picks you up, and therefore you says, no, I don't want this dirt. I'm not going to let this in my life. It's a little thing. It's, it's what, something I put into myself, something I see. You discriminate, you get rid of all the dirt because you see your value, you see your dignity, you don't want to have any poison in your life. That's number one, gas. And number two, gas, sus is twice gas. Number two, gas is, it creates the same thing, Lamaila, above. Hashem Malachi is lovish. So when you have Mechavesecha Yeshua, it becomes a Yeshua, Leknesis Yisrael, and not Rishoyim. Vezel sus viroich vayam. That's shot by Kriyas Yam. So what did the Jews say? Hashem took this horse and the rider, Rama Vayam. What's Rama Vayam? Yesh Befirush Rama Bezinyanim. In Lashon Kodesh and in Aramaic, Aramuya Marme has two interpretations. One is Inyan Raimimus, exaltedness, with Aleph Inyan Hashlacha, throwing. Rama could come from the word Ram, aloof, right? Rama al Kalgayim, exalted. Raimimus. But Rama can also mean hurled, throwing, hashlacha. Sus v'reich v'rama. V'akoyl inyan echad. The lefishai, they have susu misreimim. Through the horse, one is uplifted. The horse takes you to heights where you cannot, if you mean you could try to hike, but at some point you're going to get exhausted. The horse simply has that, that staying power, that endurance, that strength, and that alacrity. 
unless it's in a bad mood, because you put it in a bad mood, or it's not feeling well. But a horse that's functioning well, you get uplifted. So we say, What's Goiga? Says the Targum. He's exalted above the arrogant ones. He's exalted above the arrogant ones. Commercial cause of Ramal Kalgoyim. Then we say The Pasuk in Yeshaya quoted earlier in Peri Gimel that when your hand is uplifted, Bal Yechazoyim, the Rishayim will not see the energy. So the chariots of Pari and his army were thrown, cast into the sea. Commotion is based on one reason. From this sense of exaltedness, there's a concept of hakpada. Hakpada means you nitpick, you're makbid. I do not want that something that's unworthy should get yinika, should get nurture and chiyus. And then if it's not necessary, he should get for me. And therefore, through the exaltedness, you had the Rama, the hurling in of Parai, who cannot now get Yenika from Kedusha, cannot nurture from holiness. Why? Because the leaks were sealed. All the leaks that were, you know, sometimes a person has a lot of leaks in life, they were sealed. And that always comes from a certain sense of exaltedness. So your life becomes airtight. Right? In a person's life, sometimes there's a time you have to go to your day and go through your day and see where the leaks are. You know, there's an hour here, there's a half an hour there, there's an hour there. Here I lie, here I gossip, here I go to websites I shouldn't go to, here I stop waste my time and do nothing. Here I get stuck in politics, here I get stuck in this issue. Yeah, whatever it is. And then, you know, you see when people are exalted, sometimes to certain positions, they can't afford that anymore. And their life becomes airtight. Not airtight in the sense of uptight, that's that's the opposite extreme. That that's the difference. It's hard for big people to be up. They're not uptight. They're more open. They see the bigger. They see the bigger picture. They're not detailed oriented. The problem is right when you're not airtight, <laughs> uptight people. Nothing passes them. Literally, no. It's like a toll. <laughs> Every car that goes by, I notice, and you got to pay your, your fee. And say say I mean, you can go crazy from it. Because I like, can't you ignore some stuff? And there's, there's, there's a virtue in life to that. So it's a very sensitive combination. And the Balatanya here is saying that it's basically called a chaff. It's basically protecting the kernel. In other words, it's not to become uptight. It's ordered to be able to make sure that the energy is going in the right places. Because with big people, you see sometimes with their children, very big people, sometimes their children suffer a lot. Because they don't know, you know, a father... Is not about being global. A father is about being local. Right? And sometimes when fathers become global, it's very nice for the rest of the world, but not for the people who need, you know, they just need you to sit on the floor and uh, play ball, huh? Monopoly, okay. It's becoming local, it's becoming small, it's restricting your energy. So that's the might, that's the chaff, the lavush. That restricts the energy, yeah. He says chuli, so you have to finish the sentence on your own. So you have to use your imagination here. I think what he's saying is, uh, yeah, I also got stuck. And then it's not, hechrich means necessary. The word hechrich in Lashon Kodesh, like balkorchach atachach. It's not necessary that from infinite energy all the clippers will get nurture, because there was the there was the kisirkav al susecha. There was the sus, which is twice sag, twice gas. Your gasus creates gasus above. When a person lifts himself up, all the worlds get uplifted. Kavayachad the Rebbeinu Shlaim himself, so to speak, lifts himself up. Ram al kagoyim. As the Navi says, Yodecha Rama, and then Baal, Baal Hashem Rama Yodcha, and then Baal Yechazoyan. Vezehu Sha'amar Haman. And this is the deeper meaning of Haman, 
who tells Achashverosh, Yaviyu Levush Malchus. When Achashverosh wants to reward the man who was kind to him and saved his life. So Haman suggests, let them bring the royal garment. And he suggests the royal crown. He suggests all of the royal accompaniments, including Sus Asherach HaValav HaMalach. The horse on which the king rides. And take this man and place him on the horse, dressed up in the royal garments, and let somebody lead him through the streets of Shushan and say, Kacha! This is what should be done to the man whom the king wants to honor, who the king wants to glorify. Now, on a most basic level, we all know what happens. Haman is just trying to have this come to him, because who does the king want to honor besides me? And in turn, it's one of the Purims, it's one of the Venapaych, who's one of the transformations where he ends up doing this for Mordechai, his arch enemy, the man he's trying to get rid of and kill. But now we're going to take it from a, describe it from a more spiritual point of view. The Gemara says a fascinating thing. Pirish. Stama melech shenitzkeb megillah sester miramaz akavona lemelech malchem lochem akadosh baruchu. Chazal tell us whenever it says ha melech in megillah sester, just the king. It's a hint. Literally, it means the king achashverish. But it's a remez. It's a hint for melech malchem amlochim hakadosh baruchu for Hashem. So when it says sus asherachav alav ha melech, the horse on which the king rides. It's also intimating a deeper meaning, a deeper interpretation. Hashem. That's what the Gemara, the Gemara says it because that's why he's really called Hamelech, just the king. Why? He's called the king because the king it represents the king that is a king in every situation and in every place and in every reality and in every experience. The king. It's not the king of Persia or the king of Denmark or the king of Great Britain, the king of England. But rather, we're talking about Hamelech, the king. In other words, it encompasses all of Hishtalshlus, all of the worlds. Malchuscha, your Malchus extends in every situation, all the worlds, all realities. And he had the concept of sus asherachav alav hamelech. There's the horse upon which the king rides. There's such a horse. Which king? Hamelech, the melech. The melech HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the horse on which he rides. What is the meaning of this? There's going to be some uh, references to Mamari Chazal here with, with mystical interpretations. I'm going to go through it. I want to get to the main point. Ve'inyan shamelech hazeroichav al sus, hainu mashamur hazal. The Gemara says in Meseches of Edezaradav Gimel, the Gemara asks, what does Hashem do at night? First he discusses what he does at by day, then he says, what does he do at night? So one of the opinions is, listen to what Hashem does every night. He goes horseback riding. That's what the Gemara says. For Edezaradav Gimel. What else, should, what else should he do? Huh? When it's night, where? Good question. By every person. <laughs> the same concept of horseback riding. He has a very light horse, meaning, you know, the Cossacks would have the real horses. It's a light horse. It's a Kruv Kal. Kruv is a chariot, a Merkava, right? The word Kruv. Kal means it's light. Light here means it's a flit. It's easy. It's not heavy. It's not lethargic. You know, there are runners and there are runners. There are horses and there are horses. Those who know horses... There's a sus and there's a sus. There's a sus and there are kratzes, you know. They're kratzes, like people in shul a lot of time. A kratz, a kratz. I get the mikveh, and then he has to eat soup, and then his cholent, and then his tayameha. Yeah, they used to say in Yiddish, Ayid zuntik, tracht montik, was wird sein dinstik. Mitvach tracht, donnerstik, shenerif shabbos, nav shenerif gainst darbet. There's a Jew, he's thinking of going to work. There's a Jew, Sunday, thinks on Monday. What should he do on Tuesday? Wednesday he thinks already it's Thursday, Friday's Arab Shabbos, uh, forget. Let's just, uh, let's just call it a week, right? A kruf kal means a light, a light chariot. So what does Hashem do at night, the Gemara says? He goes riding on this light chariot, which flies, it gallops through 18,000 worlds. And the, of course the Gemara has a pasuk, the Ksivet says in Tehillim Samachas, Rechev Elohim, the chariot of Hashem is Reboi Sayim. Reboi Sayim is 20,000. Alfei Shinon. 
But 2,000 are Shinon. The Gemara says Shinon is the same letters like She'enon. 2,000 you have to subtract, so you're left with 18,000. Now, obviously, here you have a classic case where you can't understand this Gemara without appreciating the world of metaphor, the world of parables. So, Pirush, one level of understanding this is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hainu, B'chines HaMshachim, in HaHelem, L'Gilui, Me'olam, V'Adolam, O L'Kach Nechra, Kadosh Baruch Hu, Me'alma, Deskash, Elama, Deskalim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a combination of two worlds, two, two words, HaKadosh and Baruch Hu. Kadosh means aloof, holy, sacred, sublime. Baruch is grafted. Bracha is in Mishnayis, HaMavrich HaSagefen, is you bend the tree, it's Hamshacha. Even you have in Hebrew, a brecha is a pool. Why is it called brecha? Because you, the water from the source is now gathered. It's drawn into a, into, a, into a pool, into a cavity, into a cistern, into a bird. So HaKadosh is Baruch Hu, is Hamshacha from Helam to Gilui. L'kachnich me'almad is Skasya from a concealed state to a revealed state. Since it's something that it's essentially beyond to bring it out, so the example for this by Chazal is always horseback riding. Why? Historically, we know when the king or the general or the commander wanted to, well, we would say show off. Here, it's not showing off, but he would want to display. The, the, the valor of the country, the glory of the army, what would he do? Yeah, all the paintings, Napoleon and, and George Washington and all our, all, all, all great leaders, whether benevolent ones or dictators. But the artists always understood you got to paint them on the horse. Yeah, Putin always, <laughs> Putin has a lot of pictures of horseback riding without a shirt. Why? Why? It sometimes, it, it represents this the might of the country, what you represent, and in a way that everybody sees it, can do this in the privacy of your room. So that's the way it comes out in, in, in physical, mundane realities. But the metaphor is that the Gemara says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh is Kadosh HaMuvdal. It's infinitely beyond. Baruch is coming out, Hamshacha, accessing it. So the great marshal for this is riding on a horse. The Navi Yeshaya says Hashem is riding on a light cloud. Once again, the cloud is light. That's why the Gemara uses the expression Kruf Kal in Avodah of Gimel, a light chariot. One of the interpretations in the light chariot. What's called, what makes it light is a divine world known as Malchus, the quality of Malchus of Atzilus, which is the lowest sphere, the lowest characteristic of Atzilus, Shemaila, which uplifts man. Maya Nukvin is the feminine water, is the avoid of Neshamas of all the souls. Vinikra Kruf Klau. It's called a light, a light chariot. Like the horse. Relative to the rider. There are two horses. You ride on your horses. Why two? We explained that a horse does, it lifts up a person to places he can't reach on his own. But here we have the second horse, which also takes you down to places you can't go on your own. Horseback riders know that when you have a good horse who runs, there's two different experiences. Aleph, aliyasim el mata lamayla. Bays, iridasim el mayla lamata. Number one is the horse taking you upward. You're on the bottom, you get onto that horse, and in seconds, you're up that slope, you're up that mountain. If you would have hiked, I don't know how long it would have taken you. And on the horse, you're up there. And it goes higher and higher and higher and higher and doesn't tire fast. But then there's the opposite. Going down to places where the horse can take you with such speed and such depth that you couldn't do on your own. Or it would only come with tremendous effort and time. That's you just Vahainu base pa'amim. Sag. And that's the two times sag. 
There is the going up of the sus, that's one element, and then there's accessing it, coming down. When he says, he speaks about both Aleph, coming out, the manifestation, the revelation. That's the riding on the light chariot, and ascending, and that's where the Gemara says, he goes into 18,000 worlds. This Kruv Kal, which represents coming down, so it's called a light chariot, and then there's the going up into 18,000 worlds. What's 18,000? Generally, we speak of four worlds. Generally, we speak of four worlds. Specifically, there are 18,000. They exist above Atsilis, lower than Atsilis. The word shot, flying. Whether you're going higher, you're going lower, you can always use the word shot. lines. As all this is explained in the Svarim of Kabbalah Vadai Lameva. Of course, you don't want to fall off the horse. We're talking about somebody who knows how to horseback, knows how to horn. Somebody who becomes integrated with the horse. So the horse is not you. The horse is always distinct. But the horse becomes a complete conduit for the person. Real horseback riding is, there's almost complete symmetry between the rider and the horse. Real horseback riders know this. There's such a deep relationship, so to speak, between the person and the horse. It's like the horse becomes an extension, an extension of the person's power. So sus is twice gas. Sus is twice gas. Because the gas below creates the gas above, always. Here there's two horses. There's the horse going up. The exaltedness that we spoke about. The exaltedness. He says the 18,000 worlds. And then there's the horse going down, which in the spiritual metaphor, which means the revelation, the way godliness comes out, the way that leader comes out on his horse to display the power, to display the glory, the way the exaltedness comes out. It comes out, which as we explained above, sus rama vayam, right? As he gets uplifted, so then power could be thrown into the sea because the clippers will not receive nurture. So Haman says... Haman is looking for the horse that the king is riding on. Haman wants the horse that the king is riding on. As the Gemara says, Hamelech refers to Hashem. So this was pretty little mystical abstract. But let's now see the continuation of this, where it's brought down. What's the horse from below to above? Right, so that's the sense of exaltedness. Like we said, the horse lifts you up. It's when the person could lift himself up. And so to speak, Hashem dresses up in that garment of exaltedness. So, so from below to above, it's a sense of exaltedness. Right. That a person can have right. Dignity. right. But what's the sense in the other direction? The sense from Hashem. Is the Gilu'i v'ham shachalamata. The opposite direction is revealing it below, bringing it down, bringing it down that the worlds can feel it, the worlds can experience it. Is it like what we were discussing in the previous Mimer, that, you know, in Teva, we can also experience Hashem? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're both positive experiences? Yeah. 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 What does all this mean? That there's a, a horse on which the king rides, and the Chazals say it happens every night. Every night Hashem is on a horse. How do we understand this? That's what he says. It happens The Gemara says every night he's on a horse. What is this? 
should be a mitzvah to go horseback riding at night. To mimic Hashem, right? What does this mean? We want to speak about every day, but what does this also mean for all of history, 6,000 new years of the world? We see that in every generation and in every period of time, we see in every generation and in every period of time that godliness is revealed also in our world, in our lowly, humble world, but in different ways. What does this mean? It's different ways. In the times of the Tanoim, in the generation of Tanoim, the chariot, the conduit through which godliness was revealed primarily was through Torah The revelation, the explanation, the deduction, the elaboration of the oral Torah, because that's when the whole Mishnah and the whole Talmud was developed, the time of the Tanayim. We're talking about towards the end of the second base Hamikdash, the first century before the common era, continuing for the next four, five, six centuries, or seven centuries, when the whole Mishnah and Talmud were developed. So he says, there was such a, that's where godliness came out. This type of level of godliness in Torah Shabbat did not exist in previous generations. Certainly in earlier generations, for example, the first by Samikdash, there was also Torah Shabbat. Torah Shabbat comes from Moshe, and godliness was revealed through it. But by the Tanoim, it was an explosion. During, from Matan Torah, Jews had Torah Shabbat. How do you know that Tfilin are black? Torah Shabbat. How do you know that schach in a sukkah is not the glass or that you need a roof? doesn't say in Chumash. And how do we know that pre-8's hadar on sukkahs is an asterisk? It's Torah There's not a single mitzvah in Chumash that if you're without Torah you can understand. In other words, you can't take... Nobody can argue that the Chumash is a serious document, divine, and not accept Torah Because then it's a mockery. God is giving me a document and it's completely inaccessible. There's not a single mitzvah. Put something between your eyes. What? Maybe sushi? Toitafos. Write it on the doorpost. I would take a pen and write things on my doorpost. There's not a single mitzvah that without Teresh Abba you could make sense of. So if you say the whole thing, if there's those who would say that Teresh Abba is a divine document, it's divine. Teresh Abba is human, it's made up. Made up by humans. Besides everything else, the logic of it is ridiculous because there's no Shoshim except without. So Torah Shabbat is part of Jewish history. It's part of the fabric of, of, of Torah, of Yiddishkeit. But what happened suddenly at the end of Bayashani, Mishnayis, Talmud, the Tanoim, Amiroim, the brilliance, the depth, the infinity. So that Rebbe says something happened. That Hashem, that time, chose to reveal Himself through this path. And as we're going to see, that's what we mean by the horse. The horse is, Susa Sherech is the venue, the method of communication, of revelation. Just as that person gets out on the horse and comes out from hiding and emerges to the world, so this is one example of Gileelikos. But when it comes to other things, in other areas, not Tarish in the first base Hamikdash, there was a more intense revelation of godliness in different ways. Prophecy. That didn't exist by Bayez Shani, by the Tanaim and Amirayim. Tanaim and Amirayim, their, their experience with it, God come out, God came out through Torah, through Mishnah, Talmud, and the whole world that they lived in. In the Bayez Rishon, there was also Torah Shabbat, and God came out through it. You're having a more, you know, things that David taught and Shloimeh taught and, and Beno Yahu taught and different Sanhedrin taught. But it's a few little, not little, but a few individual things. Suddenly there was a nuclear, like a, literally a nuclear explosion. But in Bayez Rishon there were other things. Then there was Gilead Lekus through Nevoah, prophecy. The Gemara says that uh, there were Nevi'im 
There were 1.2 million Jewish prophets. We only have 48 because they only wrote down the prophecies that were necessary for generations. 1.2 million prophets. Prophecy was then the way that God was being experienced. It was a time of Nevoah. Later, it went in the world, to the world of Torah, but in Bayes Rishon it was Nevoah. Nevoah meant the immediate, intimate experience of God. Experiential, experiential. Experiential, Nevoah. Yeah, yeah. Part of it. And that's why Avoid Zorah was so rampant in Bayes Rishon. Why? Because without an immediate experience of God, you weren't part of the club, you weren't part of the clique. The problem is with Kedusha, you need discipline. You got to tame. You got to be airtight. So Avodah was basically reaching higher states of consciousness through techniques that didn't require moral discipline. Very important stuff. Today it's reflected in all those who are doing weed and marijuana and drugs and, and getting stoned and inebriated in order to feel close. They don't want to do it through the path that takes work and discipline and, and, and real havoida. I want the fast high, I want to feel good, I want to numb my pain. In Bayes Rishon, that was Avodah Zarah. All their pagan orgies and everything they were involved in, it was ways of reaching higher states of consciousness without the tedious process that Navua requires because it's Kedusha. Because there's no replacement for truth. There's no replacement for truth. As the expression of Yiddish, Shkarim's and Asach. Emes is not Einer. In other words, if I asked you, where were you last night at 11 o'clock? I should say, if your wife asked you, where you were last night at 11 o'clock? I don't mean you. I mean somebody, right? If you're going to lie, how many places were you last night in? A billion, a trillion, endless. If you're going to say the truth, you were in one place. <laughs> Lies are infinite, so to speak. Not infinite, but there's a lot of diversity. Because it's not true. If it's true, it's one. So emes is always one. You can't forge emes. You can't replicate it. If it's replicated and forged, it's not the truth. So Bayis Rishon had its way of experiencing God. Nevuah. Bayis Shani, that's Bayis Rishon. The end of Bayis Shani, suddenly everything changed. Now they, the, the Gilead Lekus came out through Tarish he says, What do we see? There's different ways in which Hashem comes out. No two generations are ever similar. Extraordinary insight. Every generation, Hashem reveals Himself in a different way. And you have to know what that venue is. You have to know what that channel is. Not that there's no other channels. There are always diverse channels. No channel ever gets stuffed up. But the primary place of truth, where you're going to find the Lakus, where you're going to find godliness, every generation has its unique channels. This is Breitkeit, right? This ah, Breitkeit. It's not just by Yisrishim, by Yisheni, Afterwards, you see constantly changes. The times of the Goinim, you know how Jewish history works. You have the Tanoim, you have the Amirayim. The Amirayim ends in the 5th century. You have the last Rabbanon Sforai, which goes to the era of the Goinim. The Goinim continues till the 10th till the end of the 900s, and then you have the era of the Rishonim. So he says, the Gilea Lekus, during this man of the Ga'inim, was in a different way. Then it came out in this man, HaPoiskim, that's after them, called the Kadmonim, the Rishonim, like Dirith, Rabbeinu Yitzchak Alphas, from Fez, Morocco. It's called Rabbi Yitzchak Alphas, Dirith. Or the Rambam, Maimonides, so the Rif is the 11th century. The Rambam is the 12th century. Baleatoisvis is the 13th century and the 14th century. In every generation this changes. And even the last generation is very close to our time. This is being said in 1806. Tovkov Samachvov. 
So many different ways from generation to generation. Until these generations, the primary method in which godliness comes out is in the midst of Gemilas Chesadim, which means helping people, inspiring people, giving people. Okay, but this is in terms of generations. But it goes, it goes more, it goes more, it becomes more detailed. Every day is different. Sometimes every hour is different. There's an individual time. Now the main way in which godliness is revealed is through tefillah. There's an individual time when Gilea Lakus is through Torah. V'yesh Eisus man b'mitzvah pratis. And then there's a time that Gilea Lakus is through a mitzvah. V'hakoi l'urak p'chines gilui achar gilui. Now these are all gilui manifestations. Ela shashot sricha sh'yiye ikir ha-gilui bo'esi ha-dovadavka. At this time, the main way to access the revelation of godliness is through this tool, through Thmeth. V'hakavone mikulom achasi. In all of history, you're getting to one nekuda, one kavana, one point. The vessel is changes. The light is always the same. The light of the nevuah, and the light of Teresh and the light of Gemilus Chsodim, and the light of Tefillah. It's always the same, it's divine. But the keli, the vessel, to access it, changes. Changes in generations. It changes in a in in a, in a person's own generation, it changes within every person a week, a year, a a, 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 a decade, a milieu, a chapter, a period in your life, and even in one day, and even from day to day, there's different, and a, and one has to know, because this is often becomes such a source of frustration when we compare ourselves and say, you know, they were so inspired. Why am I not so inspired? So we try to copy. We try to copy. We're gonna we're gonna make a copy, so it becomes a play, becomes a show. It says he can't copy. Elokus Hashem Elokim Chai, God is alive, and there's always a way in which Hashem could become manifested in the world and in life, as he says. So he says, God is horseback riding. Every day is horseback riding. Not every day, every moment, every hour he's on a horse. Every hour he's on a horse. Why? Sometimes it's a few generations. What's going to be the kli? What's going to be the horse? The kli. That's why the Navi says, Kisir kav al susecha, he says about Hashem, you ride on horses. The Gemara says, the Novi Yeshaya says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is shot bekruv kalshaloi. What is all of this? This is the concept of Reichev. Why is he Reichev? He says, Be'ez a Kli. What's going to be the Kli? She'urechivas hasus al derech mashal. That's where the Gemara says every night he goes through 18,000 worlds. He's flying through 18,000 worlds. Meaning, in these worlds, he is Nizgala, he is revealed. And you can't compare the horse from yesterday to the horse from today, the horse from an hour ago to the horse from now. You have to know what's the Kaylee right now to touch truth. I can't replicate. I can't say, this yesterday, it was unbelievable. We're always trying to compare. And when it doesn't work, you feel either very guilty or you fake it. You understand what I'm saying? Huh? Don't fake it. We want to fake we want to fake uh, what the Rishonim, what the Shemim, what the You're saying we want to fake. <laughs> he wants to give you Ebes la Mita. He's like, the name. Even if we want to do it low Lishma, because we can't do Lishma, we want to do it. Say that, say that. But what do you have to deprive yourself from? You have to develop your own truth. Yeah.
It's not just Avada you should learn. Avada, nothing changes. That's the word. And even the Gil, as he says, all the Giluyim from then continue. But you have to understand in every generation what's the Susa In other words, there are many horses out there. You got to find the horse on which the king rides. Haman could have said, take a good horse and put it beyond and I'll go. No, no, no. I want to, now the question is why Haman is the one who's saying this. We'll get to that. Haman minatari minayin. How's, so this is a deep vart. Where does Haman come to this vart? Okay, we'll soon see in the continuation. But Haman should say, get a good horse. No, no, no. I want Susa Sherachavalov Hamelech. I want the horse so the king goes on. What's Pshat? There's beautiful horses in the world. There's a lot of great things in the world. We're looking for Susa Sherachavalov Hamelech. You're looking for the horse with God, with the Abishtis. That's going to be one horse. And it could change. Sometimes 9 o'clock in the morning, it's one horse. And then you go into work, and it's a different horse. And you say, no, 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 but I want that. God is here now. This is it. To be able to be toif is that nekuda. To understand, the kavan is always one. It's the same emes. It's the same truth of Enoid Muvadai. But the keli, so to speak, we're calling here the horse a keli. The horse is, so to speak, that vehicle of revelation, right? That vehicle of, of manifestation, the receptacle, the container, the, the props, let's call it the props. The props change. The methodology, the way it's communicated, the way it comes out, the circumstances, the realities. The nekuda is the same, it's a lakus. So you need the susa shirachav of hamelach. Sometimes a person says, but last generation, that was the horse. I go back to that horse. God is not on that horse anymore. He changed horses. So you take that horse, yeah? Right? Lahavdal, of course, Caliglia appointed a horse in the Senate. He had a horse in the Roman Senate. But he's a great mensch. Caliglia, the Roman emperor, he took his horse and he put him in the Senate, al of the entire Roman Senate, simply to show them that his power is infinite. So sadism and brutality and so forth. Yeah. So there's, there's different ways how people express themselves through horses. We can't. You have to distinguish between kedusha and ritzicha. Very important. But the nekuda here is, I take that old horse from yesteryear, where God was, so to speak. Now I decorate it, I bring it into my house, I, I lift it up, I turn it into the, the, the main thing. There's only one problem. Hashem changed horses. He changed horses. You have to know Susa Sherechav Alav HaMelech. You got to have the source where the Melech is. Where the Melech is. Is he betting on the wrong horse? Huh? You're betting on the wrong horse. Gewaldik. That's pshat. You're betting on the wrong horse. It's, it's a continuous process. It's a continuous process. And sometimes in a person himself. That's why Hashem every night goes on a horse. Why does he start at night? The night is... Ah. You want to know why not by day? It says by day he's making shaduchim. He's playing with the levyason. He's yeah. playing with his real horse. <laughs> They say that it was a yid from a Polish Shereb, one of the Polish Shereb is very sharp. So he was once on a train. And he was traveling and he meets a Jew. So Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem Shalom. And he asks this Jew, Vas parnasa? You know, the, usually within two minutes, the question is, what do you do? Yeah, What do you do for a living? Yeah, right? So he says, Vas parnasa? So he says, handle mitferd. Basically in Yiddish, I, I'm, a, I'm a horse dealer. Oh, uh, a horse trader, yeah. So, so this Rebbe says, "Ah, punkt <laughs> just like me." <laughs> so you speak about real horses. Ah, vehicle. The vehicle, yeah. The Merkava. The horse is the vehicle, yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in every generation, you have everything. It's not like, like he said, it's not like there's no Torah Shabbat by his tradition. There's no ter- It's always. 
The question is, what's the what's the main vehicle? If it's by generational, of course. He says both. He says clearly, it's true of it's true generation, and then, but then there's also true in every person and every person himself. He says, "This is man ve'is prati. This today and this tomorrow." There's a week. I think he's, he's changing the words at night, so nobody can see. Exactly. He says nobody should see. He wants to figure it out. It's a continuous process. He wants you to work in the morning. Did he change words? Didn't he change? Yesterday she was amazing. I'm a trauma therapist. And it's just like you said, that you can't negate the husk. The husk you can't throw away because that's keeping you safe. But with, with trauma therapy is that you go to the sensation and you try to try to maintain support. That you're supported, that you're okay, that you're slow yourself down, you're not by yourself, you're like connected, and then give you some tools to show that your sensations are just will evaporate. Don't push them away, just let them welcome them and just contain them. Don't let them take over your body through tools. Beautiful. Yeah, so thanks for yesterday. Really sure. beautiful. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.